The Sotweed Factor, or A Voyage to Maryland, a satire by Ebenezer Cook. I'm just going to read a little bit from an Arthur K. introduction from 1998, from the uh, Renaissance editions of this uh, The Sotweed Factor poem by Ebenezer Cook. Quote, we do not know a great deal about Ebenezer Cook. To most of us, he is the protagonist of a contemporary novel, The Sotweed Factor by John Barth. The real Ebenezer Cook was probably born in London, probably about 1670. He apparently had experiences similar to those of the poem's protagonist. He seems to have traveled to Maryland, where he had inherited property, and to have sold it there in 1717. We assume that the Sotweed Factor reflects Cook's own impressions of the barbarous colonial frontier, the strange manners and dress, the outlandish food and eating habits, the prodigious drinking, the rough practical jokes, the fighting and admixture of law and violence, and the general intellectual poverty and lack of education. Kay continues, The poem stands as one of our earliest examples of debunking and disillusionment, in the most exact sense of the word, for various reasons, one of them being the need to lure and recruit settlers to populate exploitable territories, a spate of bonanza or come-on literature appeared, promotional tracts or pamphlets of news, touting the good news of America. Our unfortunate sotweed factor, or Cook himself, might well have picked up a pamphlet like the one published in 1616 by George Alsop, who had been an indentured servant in Maryland. It was t entitled A Character of the Province of Maryland, in which it stated that tobacco is the current coin of Maryland and will sooner purchase commodities from the merchant than money. All right, we'll leave that um, introduction there. And... Uh, now on with the poem. The Sotweed Factor or A Voyage to Maryland, a satire by Ebenezer Cook. Condemned by fate to wayward curse, of friends unkind, an empty purse. Plagues worse than filled Pandora's box, I took my leave of Albion's rocks, with heavy heart concerned that I was forced my native soil to fly, and the old world must bid good-bye. But heaven ordained it should be so, and to repine is vain we know. Freighted with fools from Plymouth Sound, to Maryland our ship was bound, where we arrived in dreadful pain, shocked by the terrors of the main. For full three months our wavering boat did through the surly ocean float, and furious storms and threatening blasts both tore our sails and sprung our masts. Wearied yet pleased, we did escape such ills, we anchored at the Cape, but wane soon we ploughed the bay, to cove it in Piscato way. Intending there to open store, I put myself and goods ashore, where soon repaired a numerous crew in shirts and drawers of scotch-cloth blue, with neither stockings, hat, nor shoe. These sotweed planters crowd the shore, in hue as tawny as a moor. Figures so strange no god designed to be a part of humane kind, but wanton nature, void of rest, molded the brittle clay in jest. At last a fancy very odd took me, this was the land of Nod, planted at first when vagrant Cain his brother had unjustly slain, then conscious of the crime he'd done, from vengeance dire he hither run. And in a hut supinely dwelt the first in furs and sotweed dealt. And ever since his time the place has harbored a detested race, Who when they could not live at home, for refuge to these worlds did roam. 
in hopes by flight they might prevent the devil and his fell intent obtained from triple tree reprieve and heaven and hell alike deceive but ere their manners i display i think it fit i open lay my entertainment by the way that strangers well may be aware on what homely diet they must fare on to touch the shore where no good sense is found but conversations lost and manners drowned i crossed unto the other side a river whose impetuous tide the savage brothers does divide in such a shiny odd invention i scarce can give its due dimension the indians call this watery wagon canoe a vessel none can brag on cut from a popular tree or pine and fashioned like a trough for swine in this most noble fishing boat i boldly put myself afloat standing erect with legs stretched wide we paddled to the other side where being landed safe by hap as soul fell into thetis lap a ravenous gang bent on the straw of wolves for prey began to howl this put me in a panic fright lest i should be devoured quite but as i there amusing stood and quite benighted in a wood a female voice pierced through my ears crying you rogue drive home the steers i listened to the tractive sound and straight a herd of cattle found drove by a youth and homeward bound cheered with the fight i straight thought fit to ask where i a bed might get the surly peasant bid me stay and asked from whom i'd run away surprised at such a saucy word i instantly lugged out my sword swearing i was no fugitive but from great britain did arrive in hopes i better there might thrive to which he mildly made reply i beg your pardon sir that i should talk to you unmannerly but if you might please to go with me to yonder house you'll welcome be encountering soon the smoky seat the planter old did thus me greet whether you come from jail or college you're welcome to my certain knowledge and if you please all night to stay my son shall put you in the way which offer i most kindly took and for a seat did round me look when pleasantly among the rest he placed his unknown english guest who found them drinking for a wet a cask of cider on the fret till supper came upon the table on which i fed whilst i was able so after hearty entertainment of drink and victuals without payment for planters tables you must know are free for all that come and go while pawn and milk and mush well stored in wooden dishes graced the board with hominay and cider pap which scarce a hungry dog would lap well stuffed with fat and bacon fried or with molasses dulcified then out our landlord pulls a pouch as greasy as the leather couch on which he sat and straight begun to load with weed his indian gun in length scarce longer than one's finger or that for which the ladies linger his pipe smoked out with awful grace with aspect grave and solemn pace the reverend sire walks to a chest of all his furniture the best closely confined within a room which seldom felt the weight of broom from thence he lugs a keg of rum and nodding to me thus begun i find says he you don't much care for this our indian country fair but let me tell you friend of mine 
you may be glad of it in time, though your stomach is so fine. And if within this land you stay, you'll find it true what I do say. This said, the rundlet up he threw, and bending backward strongly drew. I plucked as stoutly for my part, although it made me sick at heart, and got so soon into my head, I scarcely could find my way to bed, where I was instantly conveyed by one who passed for chambermaid, though by her loose and sluttish dress she rather seemed a bedlam bess. Curious to know from whence she came, I pressed her to declare her name. She, blushing, seemed to hide her eyes, and thus in civil terms replies, In better times ere to this land, I was unhappily trepanned. Perchance as well I did appear as any lord or lady here, not then a slave for twice two year. My clothes were fashionably new, nor were my shifts of linen blue. But things are changed now at the hoe, I daily work and barefoot go. In weeding corn or feeding swine, I spend my melancholy time. Kidnapped and fooled, I hither fled, to shun a hated nuptial bed, and to my cost already find, worse plagues than those I left behind. Whatever the wanderer did profess, good faith I could not choose but guess the cause which brought her to this place was supping ere the priest laid grace. Quick as my thoughts, the slave was fled, her candle left to show my bed, which made of feathers soft and good, close in the chimney corner stood. I threw me down expecting rest, to be in golden slumbers blessed. But soon a noise disturbed my quiet, and plagued me with nocturnal riot, a puss which in the ashes lay, with grunting pig began a fray, and prudent dog that feuds might cease, most strongly barked to keep the peace. This quarrel scarcely was decided by stick that ready lay provided, but Reynard, arch and cunning loon, broke into my apartment soon, in hot pursuit of ducks and geese, with fell intent the same to seize, their cackling plaints with strange surprise, chased sleep's thick vapors from my eyes raging i jumped upon the floor and like the drunken sailor swore with sword i fiercely laid about and soon dispersed the feathered rout the poultry out of window flew and reynard cautiously withdrew the dogs who this encounter heard fiercely themselves to aid me reared and to the place of combat run exactly as the field was won Fretting as hot as roasting capon, and greasy as a flitch of bacon, I to the orchard did repair, to breathe the cool and open air, expecting there the rising day, extended on a bank I lay, but fortune here that fancy whore, disturbed me worse and plagued me more, than she had done the night before, horse croaking frogs did bout me ring, such peals the dead to life would bring, a noise that might move their wooden king. I stuffed my ears with cotton white, for fear of being deaf outright, and cursed the melancholy night. But soon my vows I did recant, and hearing as a blessing grant, when a confounded rattlesnake with hissing made my heart to ache, not knowing how to fly the foe, or whither in the dark to go. By strange good luck I took a tree, prepared by night to set me free, where riding on a limb astride, night and the branches did me hide, and I the devil and snake defied. 
Not yet from plagues exempted quite, the cursed mosquitoes did me bite, till rising morn and blushing day drove both my fears and ills away, and from night's airs set me free, discharged from hospitable tree. I did to planter's booth repair, and there at breakfast nobly fare, on rasher broiled of infant bear. I thought the cub delicious meat, which ne'er did aught but chestnuts eat. Nor was young Orson's flesh the worse, because he sucked a pagan nurse. Our breakfast done, my landlord stout, handed a glass of rum about. Pleased with the treatment I did find, I took my leave of Ost so kind, who to oblige me did provide his eldest son to be my guide, and lent me horses of his own, a skittish colt and aged roan, the four-legged prop of his wife Joan. Steering our barks in trot or pace, we sailed directly for the place in Maryland of high renown, known by the name of Battletown. To view the crowds did their resort, which justice made and law their sport, in that sacacious county court. Scarce had we entered on the way, which through thick woods and marshes lay, but Indians strange did soon appear, in hot pursuit of wounded deer. No mortal creature can express his wild fantastic air and dress. His painted skin in colors dyed, his sable hair in satchel tied, showed savages not free from pride, his tawny thighs and bosom bare, disdained a useless coat to wear, scorned summer's heat and winter's air. His manly shoulders, such as please widows and wives, were bathed in grease of cub and bear whose supple oil prepared his limbs against heat or toil. Thus naked picked in battle fought, or undisguised his mistress sought, and knowing well his wear was good, refused to screen it with a hood. His visage done, and chin that ne'er did razor feel or scissors bear, or knew the ornament of hair. Looked sternly grim, surprised with fear, I spurned my horse as he grew near. But Roan, who better knew than I the little cause I had to fly, seemed by his solemn steps and pace, resolved I should the spectre face, nor faster moved, though spurred and licked, than Balaam's ass by prophet kicked. Kekeknetop, the heathen cried. How is it, Tom? My friend replied, judging from thence the brute was civil, I boldly faced the courteous devil, and lugging out a dram of rum, I gave it his tawny worship some, who in his language, as I guess, my guide informing me no less, implored the devil me to bless. I thanked him for his good intent, and forwards on my journey went, discoursing as along I rode, whether this race was framed by God, or whether some malignant power contrived them in an evil hour, and from his own infernal look their dusky form and image took. From hence we fell to argument, whence peopled was the continent. My friend supposed Tartanians wild, or Chinese from their homes exiled, wandering through mountains hid with snow, and rills did in the valleys flow far to the south of Mexico, broke through the bars which nature cast, and wide unbeaten regions passed, till near those streams the humane deluge rolled, which sparkling shined with glittering sands of gold, and fetched Pizarro from the Iberian shore, to rob the natives of their fatal store. I smiled to hear my young logician thus reason like a politician, who ne'er by father's pains and earning had got at mother Cambridge learning, 
Where lubber youth just free from birch most stoutly drink to prop the church, nor with grey coat had taken pains to purge his head and cleanse his reins, and in obedience to the college had pleased himself with carnal knowledge, and though I liked the younger's wit, I judged the truth he had not hit, and could not choose but smile to think what they could do for meat and drink. What o'er so many deserts ran with brats and wives in caravan, unless perchance they got the trick to eat no more than porker sick, or could with well-contented maws quarter like bears upon their paws, thinking his reasons to confute, I gravely thus commenced dispute, and urged that though a Chinese host might penetrate this Indian coast, yet this was certainly most true, they never could the isle subdue, for knowing not to steer a boat, they could not on the ocean float, or plant their sunburnt colonies in regions parted by the seas. I thence inferred Phoenicians old, discovered first with vessels bold these western shores, and planted here, returning once or twice a year, with naval stores and lasses kind, to comfort those were left behind, till by the winds and tempest tore from their intended golden shore, they shuffered shipwrecked or were drowned, and lost the world so newly found. But after long and learned contention, we could not finish our dissension, and when that both had talked their fill, we had the self-same notion still. Thus Parson Grave well read and sage, does in dispute with priest engage, the one protests they are not wise, who judge by sense and trust their eyes, and vows he'd burn for it at stake, that man may God his maker make. The other smiles at his religion, and vows he's but a learned widgeon. And when they have emptied all their store from books or fathers, are not more convinced or wiser than before. Scarce had we finished serious story, but I espied the town before me, and roaring planters on the ground, drinking of heaths in circle round, dismounting steed with friendly guide, our horses to a tree we tied, and forwards passed among the rout, to choose convenient quarters out. But being none were to be found, we sat like others on the ground, carousing punch in open air, to crier did the court declare, the planting rabble being met, their drunken worships likewise set. Crier proclaims that noise should cease, and straight the lawyers broke the peace. Wrangling for plaintiff and defendant, I thought they ne'er would make an end it. With nonsense stuff and false quotations, with brazen lies and allegations, and in the splitting of the cause, they used much motions with their paws, and showed their zeal was strongly bent in blows to end the argument. A reverend judge, who to the shame of all the bench could write his name, at Pettifogger took offense, and wondered at his impudence. My neighbor Dash with scorn replies, and in the face of justice lies, the bench in fury straight divide, and scribbles take or judges side, the jury lawyers and their clients contending fight like earth-born giants but sheriff wily lay perdue hoping indictments would ensue and when a hat or wig fell in the way he seized them for the queen as stray the court adjourned in usual manner in battle blood and fractious clamour i thought it proper to provide a lodging for myself and guide 
So to our inn we marched away, which at a little distance lay, where all things were in such confusion, I thought the world at its conclusion. A herd of planters on the ground, o'erwhelmed with punch, dead drunk we found. Others were fighting and contending. Some burnt their clothes to save the mending. A few whose heads by frequent use could better bear the potent juice gravely debated state affairs, whilst I most nimbly tripped upstairs, leaving my friend discoursing oddly and mixing things profane and godly. Just then beginning to be drunk, as from the company I slunk, to every room and nook I crept, in hopes I might have somewhere slept. But all the bedding was possessed by one or other drunken guest. But after looking long about, I found an ancient corn loft out, glad that I might in quiet sleep and there my bones unfractured keep. I laid me down secure from fray and soundly snored till break of day. When waking fresh, I sat upright and found my shoes were vanished quite. Hat, wig, and stockings all were fled from his extended Indian bed. Vexed at the loss of goods and chattel, I swore I'd give the rascal battle who had abused me in this fort, and merchant stranger made his sport. I furiously descended ladder. No hair in March was ever madder. In vain I searched for my apparel, and did with host and servants quarrel, for one whose mind did such aspire to mischief, threw them in the fire. Equipped with neither hat nor shoe, I did my coming hither rue, and doubtful thought what I should do. Then looking round I saw my friend, lie naked on a table's end, a sight so dismal to behold, one would have judged him dead and cold, when ringing of his bloody nose, by fighting got we may suppose, I found him not so fast asleep, might give his friends a cause to weep. Rise, Orinoco, rise, said I, and from this hell and bedlam fly. My guide starts up, and in amaze, with bloodshot eyes did round him gaze. At length, with many sigh and groan, he went in search of aged Roan, but Roan, though seldom used to falter, had fairly this time slipped his halter, and not content all night to stay tied up from fodder, ran away. After my guide to catch him ran, and so I lost both horse and man, which disappointment, though so great, did only mirth and jest create. To one more civil than the rest, in conversation for the best, observing that for want of roan, I should be left to walk alone, most readily did me entreat to take a bottle at his seat, a favor at that time so great, I blessed my kind propitious fate, and finding soon a fresh supply of clothes from storehouse kept hard by, I mounted straight on such a steed did rather curb than whipping need and straining at the usual rate with spur of punch which lay in pate ere long we lighted at the gate where in an ancient cedar house dwelt my new friend a cockerouse whose fabric though twas built of wood had many springs and winters stood when sturdy oaks and lofty pines were leveled with musmillion vines and plants eradicated were by hurricanes into the air there were good punch and apple juice, we spent our hours without abuse, till midnight in her sable vest persuaded gods and men to rest, and with a pleasing kind surprise indulged soft slumbers to my eyes, 
Fierce Aton, courser of the sun, had half his race exactly run, and breathed on me a fiery ray, darting hot beams the following day, when snug in a blanket white I lay. But heat and chintzes raised the sinner, most opportunely to his dinner, wild fowl and fish delicious meats, as good as Neptune's doxy eats, began our hospitable treat, fat venison followed in the rear, and turkey's wild, luxurious cheer. But what the feast did most commend was hearty welcome from my friend, thus having made a noble feast, and eat as well as pampered priest, Madeira strong in flowing bowls, filled with extreme delight our souls, till wearied with a purple flood of generous wine, the giant's blood, as poets feign, away I made for some refreshing verdant shade, where musing on my rambles strange, and fortune which so oft did change, in midst of various contemplations of fancies odd and meditations, I slumbered long till hazy night with noxious dews did sleep's unwholesome fetters lose, with vapors chilled and misty air to fireside I did repair, near which a jolly female crew were deep engaged in Lancherlue, in night rails white with dirty mien. Such sights are scarce in England seen. I thought them first some witches bent on black designs in dire covenant, till one who with affected air had nicely learned to curse and swear, cried dealings lost is but a flam, and vowed by God she'd keep her pam. When dealing through the board had run, they asked me kindly to make one, not saying often to be bid, I sat me down as others did. We scarcely had played a roundabout, but these Indian froes fell out. Damn you, says one, though now so brave, I knew you late a four years slave. What if for planter's wife you go, nature designed you for the hoe? Rot you, replies the other straight, the captain kissed you for his freight, and if the truth was known aright, and how you'd walked the streets by night, you'd blush if one could blush for shame, who from Bridewell or Newgate came, from words they fairly fell to blows, and being loath to interpose, or meddle in the wars of punk, away to bed in haste I slunk. Waking next day, with aching head, and thirst that made me quit my bed, I rigged myself and soon got up, to cool my liver with a cup of succahana fresh and clear, not half so good as English beer, which ready stood in kitchen pail, and was in fact but Adam's ale. For planter sellers you must know, seldom with good October flow, but peri kints and apple juice, spout from the tap like any sluice, until the casks grown low and stale, they're forced again to gowd and pale. The soothing draught scarce down my throat, enough to put a ship afloat, with cockerus as I was sitting, I felt a fever intermitting, a fiery pulse beat in my veins, from cold I felt resembling pains, this cursed seasoning I remember, lasted from March to cold December, nor would it then its quarters shift, until by Cardus turned adrift, and had my doctors wanted skill or kitchen physic at her will, my father's son had lost his lands, and never seen the Goodwin Sands. But thanks to fortune and a nurse, whose care depended on my purse, 
I saw myself in good condition without the help of a physician. At length, the shivering ill relieved, which long my head and heart had grieved. I then began to think with care how I might sell my British ware, that with my freight I might comply, did on my charter party lie. To this intent, with guide before, I tripped it to the eastern shore. While riding near a sandy bay, I met a Quaker, yea and nay, a pious conscientious rogue, as e'er wore bonnet or a brogue, who neither swore nor kept his word, but cheated in the fear of God, and when his debts he would not pay, by light within he ran away. With this sly zealot soon I struck a bargain for my English truck, a green for ten thousand weight, of sotweed good and fit for freight, brought Orinoco bright and strong, the growth and product of his ground, in cask that should contain complete five hundred of tobacco neat. The contract thus betwixt us made, not well acquainted with the trade, my goods I trusted to the cheat, whose crop was then aboard the fleet, and going to receive my own, I found the bird was newly flown. Cursing this execrable slave, this damn pretended godly knave, on dire revenge and justice bent, I instantly to counsel went, unto an ambidexter quack, who learnedly had got the knack of giving glisters, making pills, of filling bonds, and forging wills, and with a stock of impudence supplied his want of wit and sense with looks demure amazing people no wiser than a daw in steeple my anger flushing in my face i stated the preceding case and of my money was so lavish that he'd have poisoned half the parish and hanged his father on a tree for such another tempting fee smiling said he the cause is clear i'll manage him you'll need not fear the case is judged, good sir, but look in Galen, no, in my lord Cook, I vow to God I was mistook. I'll take out a provincial writ, and trounce him for his knavish wit. Upon my life will win the cause, with all the ease I cure the yaws. Resolved to plague the holy brother, I'll set one rogue to catch another. To try the cause, then fully bent, up to Annapolis I went, a city situate on a plain, where scarce a house will keep out rain. The buildings framed with cypress rare, resembles much our Southwark fair, but stranger here will scarcely meet, with marketplace exchange or street, and if the truth I may report, tis not so large as Tottenham Court. St. Mary's once was in repute, now here the judges try the suit, and lawyers twice a year dispute. As oft the bench most gravely meet, some to get drunk and some to eat, a swinging share of the country treat. But as for justice, right or wrong, not one amongst the numerous throng knows what they mean or has the heart to give his verdict on a stranger's part. Now court being called by beat of drum, the judges left their punch and rum, when pettifogger doctor draws his paper force and opens cause, and least I should the better get, bribed quack suppressed his knavish wit, so made upon the downy field, pretends a force, and fights to yield. The bypassed court without delay, adjudged my debt in country pay, in pipe staves corn or flesh of boar, where cargo for the English shore. Raging with grief, full speed I ran, to join the fleet at Kikatan, Embarked and waiting for a wind, I left this dreadful curse behind. May cannibals transported o'er the sea, 
prey upon these slaves as they have done on me. May never merchants trading sails explore this cruel, this inhospitable shore. But left abandoned by the world to starve, may they sustain the fate they well deserve. May they turn savage or as Indians wild from trade, converse, and happiness exiled. Recreant to heaven, may they adore the sun, and into pagan superstitious run, for vengeance ripe. May wrath divine then lay those regions waste, where no man's faithful, nor woman chaste. End of the Sotweed Factor by Ebenezer Cook